Welcome, everyone. I'm Kim Christensen, and this is the Peaceful Productivity Podcast, where I share strategies to help you get the most out of your time and feel better in the process. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. If you're new to the podcast, I'd like to offer you a warm welcome. This is where we're talking about creating inner peace and all things productivity. And so on that note, we'll dive into today's topic, which is self-control. Obviously, this topic comes up a lot in a coaching practice around productivity and time management. In fact, that's the number one thing that I work with my clients on is taking back control of their schedule. And so self-control is something that is very predominant, but I think it's also easily misunderstood. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. So I'd first like to offer you my definition of self-control. The way that I define self-control, and perhaps this is a little bit unique, but I define it as the ability to take a pause between an emotional reaction and the subsequent response to that reaction. And within that pause, listening to yourself deeply to understand what it is you really want. So there's three elements, the ability to pause, the ability to listen and understand what you want, And third is to intentionally and consciously choose your response. So those three things are pause, listen, choose. When I reflect back, I find it so interesting to recognize that there was a time when I didn't realize that there was the ability to pause between the reaction and the response. I think maybe intellectually, I had an understanding of that, you know, when we're kids and we're feeling an intense emotion and maybe acting in a way that's not appropriate, then the advice is always to take a breath, take a moment. So I think intellectually, we're brought up with that idea of taking a moment to collect ourselves before we choose our next step. However, I think a lot of times I would lose sight of that idea. If I was hit with the urge to have a cookie, it didn't occur to me to take a moment between the urge and the response to actually take a pause and deliberately choose my next action. Saying it out loud, I realize that it probably sounds kind of funny to some that we lose sight of that idea that we don't have a choice. But I think it's quite common and that's what I want to offer you today is some ways that you can explore and create some more space between the emotional reaction and the response, especially if you find yourself doing things that you don't actually want to be doing, that you didn't plan to be doing, or you're not doing the things that you had planned on doing. So for those where your actions don't necessarily align with your intent, that's where I'd like to offer the tool of self-control. 
Now, before we go too far, I do want to distinguish self-control from self-denial. I think that's where the confusion arises when I first kicked off the episode and I was talking about how self-control can be misunderstood. I think that sometimes it becomes synonymous with willpower. And you'll often hear people say something like, I ate too much or I did something that I hadn't planned on doing because I don't have self-control. It becomes almost like a weapon that we use against ourselves. So the way that I distinguish self-control from self-denial is that self-denial is a habit of saying no to yourself and forcing yourself to do something, whereas self-control is more of a habit of saying yes to yourself. And I'll explore that idea further. I think a habit of self-denial leads to an over-reliance on willpower. And for anyone who's relied on willpower as their primary tool to get things done, you'll know that it's very exhausting. It's like making thousands of decisions, micro and macro throughout your day, and then arriving home at the end of the day and finding that you don't even have the energy or mental capacity to decide what's for dinner. You're just done. And that's when you know that you're likely relying a lot on willpower or perhaps a habit of self-denial. Whereas a habit of self-control looks a little bit different. And the difference is the ability to choose the response looks different with self-control. The key difference is that when you choose with self-control, you're choosing from a place of caring about yourself. And when you're choosing from a place of self-denial, you're overriding what it is that you really, really want and choosing something that may or may not be what you really want. So the question becomes, how do we act in alignment with what it is that we really, really want? And I think a great place to start is understanding that we can have conflicting wants. We can want something in the moment that we don't necessarily want if we use our prefrontal cortex, our executive function planning brain might want something different than the thing that we want in the moment. And even in the moment, when we ask ourselves what it is that we want, we might come up with conflict. Part of me wants to go and run on the treadmill and part of me wants to stay in bed. So self-control in that moment doesn't look like willpower. It doesn't look like forcing myself to do something against my will. It looks more like listening and understanding myself. So asking myself what it is that I want in that moment, understanding that there's going to be conflicting desires in that moment. And side note, that's completely okay. There's going to be different desires, different thoughts that are offered to us in the moment. And that's fine. That's completely normal. In fact, I have yet to meet a human who doesn't have those thoughts offered to them from time to time. 
the difference between someone who follows through and acts differently than someone who procrastinates and maybe doesn't take action, the difference between those two individuals is less about the thoughts that are offered to them than it is about the choices that they make when those thoughts are offered to them. So it's not like the person who follows through doesn't have conflicting thoughts and desires. It's just they're making different choices in response to those conflicting thoughts and desires. So today what I'd like to do is offer you some tools on how to make those choices differently in the moment between emotional reaction and response, especially if you're someone who's challenged to follow through and struggling with procrastination. So how do we make those choices from a place of caring about ourselves, from self-care, rather than from a place of self-denial or force? But first, before I go into that, I just want to talk a little bit about how self-control relates to the concept of peaceful productivity. So we know that when we take a pause between the emotional reaction and the subsequent response, the choice that we make, taking a pause in there helps us to make more conscious decisions. But what's the benefit of making more conscious decisions, especially as it relates to peaceful productivity? Those conscious decisions, when they are made from that place of self-care, enables us to make choices that better use our time and our energy. So we're more efficient overall because we spend less time debating with ourselves about what it is that we should be doing, or we spend less time making unconscious decisions about what actions to take that might not necessarily serve us. When we're making more conscious decisions, we're able to choose actions that benefit us more. Conscious decisions can also help us to increase our focus because once we've consciously made a decision about what action to take, there are less distracting thoughts about what we should or shouldn't be doing. You know, when you've made a choice and there's a voice in the back of your mind that's kind of berating you or telling you that you should have made a different decision. I call that mental clutter. can really prevent us from focusing on the task at hand. Another benefit of self-control is that the urges feel less intense. This was my experience, is that as I practiced a habit of self-control, where I was creating some space for myself to make conscious decisions and validating the emotions that were coming up. The urges didn't stop. They did become less frequent and they became less intense. It's almost like ignoring a whining toddler, a toddler that is looking for your attention that has an unsatisfied need And the longer that she's ignored, the more intense become her cries until finally it erupts into a temper tantrum of astronomical proportions. However, over time, if that same toddler is used to having her needs satisfied in a timely manner, she no longer feels the need to 
voice her concerns so vocally. And so it is with urges. It's the same thing. Over time, as you develop the habit of listening to yourself and answering those needs, the urges become less frequent and they become less intense. The other benefit is that as you learn to listen and answer your needs, your relationship with yourself becomes stronger. There's an increased capacity for empathy and listening to other perspectives, which translates very nicely to all of the other relationships in your life as well. You develop the ability to see past those automatic defensive reactions and learn to understand more reflective and constructive behaviors, which helps to improve your other relationships in your life, as well as the relationship with yourself. And the last benefit is perhaps the most important benefit of self-control. As we learn to make more conscious and intentional decisions in that space between the emotional reaction and the response, as we learn to do that, our self-confidence and our belief in our own power to manage our responses grows. What I found is that I was no longer focusing on trying to control all of the things, other people and circumstances outside of me. Anyone who's tried to do that knows that that's impossible and just makes us feel less powerful. So instead of trying to manage other people's behaviors, learning to trust myself and manage my own behavior, i.e. my response to my emotional reactions, I learned to trust myself and feel more powerful. It's kind of like as a parent, I've shifted my focus from telling to a focus on modeling. And as I model behaviors for my daughter, I'm showing her what's possible in terms of self-management. And as I increase the belief in my ability to manage life's challenges and situations effectively, I am modeling that for her as well, all of which leads to increased resilience. I know from experience that when I'm feeling resilient, I'm feeling safe to be more open-minded, to be more curious, and to be more creative. So we hear a lot of people talking about operating from that empowered space. That's what that really means, is that choosing our responses consciously and deliberately, which then increases my trust in my ability to manage my own responses, which then makes me feel safe enough to invest in becoming more open-minded, curious, and creative. And that's a space of peaceful productivity, getting things done from a place of being pulled towards something rather than forced or pushed towards something. So I wanted to dedicate the last part of this podcast episode to talking about how to practice more self-control. I think it's a couple of different things. One is first recognizing that we can create some space between the emotional reaction and the response. And as a first step, I like to experiment with that space. 
playing around with the duration of the pause, sometimes making it longer, sometimes making it shorter, just to really reinforce in my brain that I have control over that space that I create between the emotional reaction and the response. So that's the first step is creating the space. The second step is around what happens during that space. And what I'd like to offer is that this is an opportunity to listen and understand. I think my philosophy is that different voices that come out during that space are different parts of us different emotions, different thoughts. They're different parts and they might have conflicting ideas, conflicting values, conflicting desires. In the beginning, it's not for us to necessarily reconcile all of those differences. It's just a matter of listening and understanding them. I believe that all emotions have value, even emotions that might feel quote unquote indulgent or distracting or just downright waste of time. I think all emotions have value. And the more that we listen to those emotions, especially the message behind the emotion, the more likely we are to be able to understand and choose an action that is from a place of caring. And so if you're interested in developing this, Once you've identified the emotion and put a label on it, my favorite question to ask myself is, what is the message that this emotion is trying to send me? Once I understand what's behind the emotion, then it's much easier to make choices that serve me. In the beginning, this is much easier to see in hindsight. So what I like to suggest is a daily reflection practice as little as 10 minutes at the end of the day where you look back and reflect on those moments when there was an emotional reaction and a response. Was there space between the two? And if so, did you take the time to listen and understand yourself? And then finally, what was the choice? What was the action that you chose in that moment? Looking back on those things in hindsight is often much easier than trying to listen and understand yourself in the moment, especially if that's not something that you're used to. Over time, with this conscious awareness, you will start to develop the ability to see it in the moment and make a choice in that moment that serves you. And then this is what I'm currently working on is becoming more intentional about how I show up in advance. So now I use my emotions as a cue and I respond to those emotions. For example, when I'm feeling frustrated, I will take a walk. When I'm feeling sad, I will offer myself comfort. When I'm feeling joy, I'll take a moment to appreciate myself. When I'm feeling angry, I will focus on what I can control rather than what I can't, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so As we become more aware of what's going on in the moment, we can pull that even further forward and start planning those things in advance. And that, my friends, is the definition of self-control. Take care, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day.